Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday, June 15th live show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got some things to talk about today. First off, Chris, day going well? Uh, Yeah, it's fine. You look nice today. Uh, all right. I like the shirt. <laughs> Thanks. That's a, that's a straight money looking shirt, man. Like I don't know about up, that. You're going to picking up cash payments today. No, no, <laughs> just working. <laughs> same here. Same here. Obviously, for those that, uh, that have not seen the Tuesday show, I do this live from the office. So uh, if the background looks different than usual, that's what's up. That's what we're doing. Uh, for those that are listening on the podcast on Wednesday, June 16th, we appreciate you. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show. You know, all that good stuff. We'll uh, we'll go through the rundown here in just a little bit, but I, I do want to go ahead and start with uh, with the first major topic here. And, Chris, I don't know if you remember, three years ago, four years ago, you know, we, we've been doing this show for a little while, but I brought up the idea that I wanted to do pods in college football. Now, we both have said that we want to do away with divisions, right? Uh, I don't know that I've ever said that. Have you not said that you wanted to do away with divisions? I don't believe I've said that. Okay, okay. I, maybe I am incorrect in that, but here's the latest tweet from Pete Thamel. Now, obviously, he is tied in. He knows what he's talking about. He has connections all over the college football world. It says, as leagues prepare to discuss the 12-team playoff, the fate of divisions will be in the crosshairs. With more at-large bids at stake, leagues may find more urgency to put their two best teams in the league title game. Expect leagues to make a deep dive on the potential impact. He said there are multiple scenarios to consider. Could a league's top-ranked team get upset by an 8-4 and four team and end up with the league getting shut out of the CFP? Uh, also, could an upset allow two teams in the league to get in, much like the Clemson-Notre Dame scenario from this past divisionless season in the ACC? I think we're going to pods. I think the SEC 
the ACC, the uh, the Pac-12, etc. I think we're going to pods, man, and we are going to get to see more games. Like I think so. The way that I had talked about setting it up, and Bill Conley uh, from ESPN, who does the SP Plus rating, he had the same idea uh, about the same time that that we talked about it on our show. Basically, you've got three set opponents every year. So for LSU, it would be Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M, or whatever. And Alabama's would be Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn, or whatever, right? In, in whatever format. And then the other five SEC games rotate annually. So every four years, you play a home and away with every other team in the conference. I think this is awesome for the sport. I think this is going to do wonders for getting more fun matchups, more different matchups, so that we don't have the same cast of, uh, of teams every year playing the same bunch to where it's a, it feels kind of outdated a little bit. I, tell, me, tell me your thoughts here. I'm, I'm excited about this. I don't, I just, I, I don't, I think they're trying to monkey with something that doesn't need monkey. And you're talking about, oh, they're going to get bored with, I'm so sorry. We're going to get tired of seeing Ole Miss LSU that we've seen for a hundred years. I'm so sorry that that's boring to you. Like, this is what college is. This is what all these sports are, by the way. People play in divisions. They play in conferences, and you play those teams. And we get a couple of games out of conference where you get to do crossover matchups, and that happens. Listen, here's what I think the problem is. is This is the big boys seeing today their power teams, and they're trying to protect their power teams. But the problem is, is they don't know who the power teams are going to be in a decade. They don't know who the power teams are going to be in 20 years. And, and this is the issue is trying to manipulate something to get the results you want today when this is an ever-changing, ever-flowing thing. I don't understand it. Also, we just got 90% of what we want anyway. Getting a 12-team playoff the way they're going to do it, do I have a few nitpicks here or there? Yeah. But this is what we've been screaming for for a really long time. All right? They just gave us everything we wanted almost we made very little concessions and now we gotta fuck with it some more like why can't we just take the nice new thing they gave us and be really happy well it's so so let's look at it this way lsu as it sits right now has to play a home and home with florida every two years right every other year florida and LSU every year play yeah i mean it's, it's every year but every every other year you're going there and every other year they're coming to that's your place, yeah right so that's that's how that's how this works gary agreed what I'm saying every year is, home and home right so what I'm saying is LSU right now um their cross division opponent is Florida what if there is no yeah and yours division? is Tennessee and it sucks that you get a cupcake for yes. the last 15 years and we get a perennial power but that's just the way it goes man agreed. there's no chance you're gonna make a schedule uh, uh fair for everyone it's just not gonna happen no absolutely not because there will be years that that the schedule will be easier for some teams as opposed to others however I do like this idea where in every four years, Every player on every team in the SEC or in whatever conference will get to go and play at whatever, you know, X school, right? At LSU playing at Georgia doesn't happen often. LSU playing at South Carolina doesn't happen often. Like, those games are big-time matchups, and if you 
turn this thing into pot. <laughs> LSU going to South Carolina I, is a big time matchup. I understand. Like I understand. us going to Kentucky is a big time matchup. Like for, come for on, South man. Carolina fans, it is big time. Like that's a massive deal in Columbia, South Carolina. Like LSU comes into town, that's huge. So because it's it, huge for the bar owners. Well, that's yeah. who it's used for. Everybody wants LSU to come to their town because all the bars instantly make another hundred grand for the year. So if it, if it could switch to where instead of LSU coming to town once every 12 years, instead you could have them come in once every four, I'm a fan of that. I, think I, don't, I don't have a problem with these pods. I, I don't disagree with it. I just don't trust. This is, a, this is a man who has lived his entire life, and I've learned to not trust these people in power. Okay, The people who run college football monkey with it too much, and they, they always – Every time they try to quote unquote make something better, they always find a way to make it worse. Okay. That's true. And I know, I know, and you know this too. The people who are in charge of this also are great at manipulating things to where it benefits somebody. So if, you know, Florida has this monster team that should win it all. Oh, let's, uh, this happens to be the recruiting class that they're bringing in. Well, maybe when those guys are juniors, we'll work the schedule to where they're going to have an easier path to the to the SEC title game. Why don't we do that to give us a shot? Like, this is what these people do. I, I they mess with stuff from. all the time and almost everything they've ever messed with until, which we haven't even gotten the 12 team playoff yet. We just think we're going to get it. It's been proposed, but almost up, up until this 12 team playoff, everything else college football has ever given us. They fucked up. They've made it wor- They actually made everything worse all the time. So let's look at the progression of college football from at, let's say the eighties in like the early nineties through okay. now. All right. So before there was no conference championship games, there was no BCS. Every bowl had a tie-in, and you would have the number one team play against the number seven team. The number two team play against the number uh, six team. The number three team would play like number twelve, whatever. And and at the end of the season, you could have up to like three national champions. Like it just depends right. on. Rankings. It was a bad system, right? So that was a bad system. And then bad Roy system. Kramer, who was the former uh, commissioner of the SEC before Mike Slive, before Greg Sankey. Uh, Roy Kramer came in and decided he was going to do the SEC championship game. And it was going to be the two divisions, right? So they brought in South Carolina and Arkansas. They made two six-team divisions. And that first season that they had it, 1992, Alabama was undefeated. Florida was, uh, I think, 9-3 and three at the time. Um, those two, at whatever it was, 9-2, nine and two, nine, whatever. Either way, that whole thing started to kind of degrade the regular season a little bit but it also set in place where you couldn't just like your conference matchups were were way different right you had six teams or at that point five teams that you play every year and then when the SEC expanded again you had six teams that you play every year so you got 12 games you got two other conference games one is set and then you've only got one other conference game like I, I think that the system has gotten better there are things that are wrong with it but I think as we move along, it's progressed. Like, I, I think it's it's successful at this point at what it's trying to accomplish, right? Yes. That's all I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about you're, – you're specifically taking conferences and the way they're doing things. So, like – And that's what we, this is. This is conferences. Yeah, so so you're saying – so what's it, what if the SEC does this but nobody else? Is it fine? I, I do think it's fine. 
Like okay. I, I would prefer everybody go to it, and I think that once one league does it, I think the problem more is, is the Big Ten can't make pods with ten teams. The Big Twelve can't make pods with ten teams. Yeah, no, that's that's like well, like we don't have the option to do some of these things because these conferences aren't all the same. All right. So, so the Big Ten has fourteen teams. The ACC if, has fourteen. If you teams tell me that SEC. LSU gets to rotate off Georgia or Florida more, and we get more of South Carolina, I, I take that. All right, well, that's, I'll that's take 100% that. Percent what this is. But so. at the end of the day, I don't care. I'm not afraid. If you think, I don't think it's our God-given right to win ten games every year. Okay. okay. If we lose to Florida and we go from a ten-win team to a nine-win team, that doesn't upset me. All right. I don't want to lose to Florida. I hate Florida, but I, I, I'm not, it's not going to ruin my season. All right. My issue is, is I just, I, I feel like college football just gave me the greatest present I could ever get. And now I feel like, well, now we're asking for more. And I, I just feel like an ungrateful son of a bitch. Well, no, okay. this is this is the conferences that are deciding. Hey, what is the best way to to try and make sure that we get teams into this twelve team format? Right, like you want to. Well, I mean, sure this would benefit the West. Like this benefits our side of the conference because the East, until Florida recently, has been good since Dan Mullen got there and he's made that place better. The East has been Georgia and a complete shit show. Okay, that's, that's true. Like like an absolute damn joke. That let's not that's what the East has been. Missouri won two East titles in, in 2013, 2014. Like that's what the East had become. Yeah. Right like, when they got in because yeah. it was terrible. Yeah. And the West has five teams of some years that are all in the top fifteen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So so you know, the, this benefits our side of the bracket. I just feel like at some point I don't I don't mind pods, okay? I'm not I'm not against them. I just feel like not all change ends up being good. And I don't really care. Once we go to, to 12 teams getting into the playoffs, we could be the third team in the SEC West and still get into the playoff. Yeah. No, I just that, think that that's the sense. possibility. I really so, do because I've seen years where it's just been that strong, where Alabama, Auburn, and LSU all end up with two of them end up with one loss, one of them ends up with two losses, but they're all like top 10 teams and they're all going to get in. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do here is, uh, so last year Texas A&M was the uh, the number five seed, right? Yeah. Uh, Florida because of their loss to LSU was not going to get in at, at. We don't think that they would had LSU uh, had Florida beaten LSU, we'd have gotten four teams in the playoff. Yeah, I mean, if it was twelve teams, uh, yo, yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Had uh, had LSU but, not not won that game and Florida lost, uh, win, wins that game, they don't throw the shoe. Then then we end up we end up with four teams in the SEC, and that's a good thing. The the way that they are doing it, I think. So uh, by the way, uh, Michael Fritz jumps in, said, "Sup, fellas." He said, "Unfortunately, you can't make everyone happy." And he said, "A and M had that issue last year. That's the deal. A and M last year was nine and one. They beat Florida head to head, and they could not go to the SEC championship." Because even though Florida had two losses, um, they were on the wrong side of the bracket, right? Like they That's lost right. their game to Alabama. In this situation, A&M and Alabama would have played again, and that way you almost guarantee that whoever wins that is going to be like the number one team, right? And so it helps seeding. It helps. It, they're looking ahead to all of this different stuff, and and I'm a fan. Well, of that probably would have helped Florida then. Let's yeah. say Bama beats A&M again. Yeah. Okay. Florida's only a two-loss team. There's a really good chance Florida still gets in. Oh, absolutely. 
And and Florida was going to get in as a three-loss team anyway, but they would have been way further down the bracket. They would have had to go on the road. Like all I'm not worried about who's on the bracket and if you're on the road. You get 12. My issue is I don't have a problem with the pods. Doing it once they've given us 12 teams seems like a moot point because that doesn't really matter anymore. I, oh, I totally agree with you at that point. Um, now now that think, we're getting 12 teams, nobody who doesn't get in except for if a G5 team is undefeated or has a hellaciously good season and gets left out because they monkey with the rankings, that's the only way this thing is not just completely and utterly the 12 best teams are in and we're good. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right about that. Um, I do think it's going to be fun. I do think it's going to be a good time. Uh, and I'm perfectly... Content. I guess what it. I'm frustrated with with college football, I'm sick of the dance, okay? At some point in time, the song needs to end, and where we stand is where we stand, well, all right? So because and there's switching. this constant changing, but over the last two years, there's been a lot of, a couple of years maybe, there's been a lot of changing talk and not a lot of changing done, and I'm just ready for that. to uh, Get us where the hell we're going, and let's be on vacation. This just seems like an endless car ride to the beach, and the beach never gets here. Oh, I totally agreed. But this is this is conferences uh, preparing themselves for when this goes into effect here in a couple of years. If we can get the 12-team playoffs next year, so starting in 2022, and the conference pods can change for next year in 2022, I'm fine. I'm happy. But then I want us to stop, and I want us to enjoy being at the damn beach for a couple of years, okay? Yeah. It, it'll be 2023. Is that too much to ask? Because of the... Because I don't care. You know what the hell I'm saying. I know. What you're Is saying. that too much to ask? No, I don't think it's too much to ask okay. at all. Uh, and then Michael, I want us to stop changing the sport. I want us to just in let's let it play a couple of years and see if we like it. And then if it's four or five years later we see some inefficiencies, then we can make some changes. Now, if you want to say, oh, we're going to go from bowl games to home games, then that that won't upset me at all. That's not a major change. That that's not reconfiguring the entire sport are throwing away the old schedules. Yes. Yes, I'm with you. The other thing I'd like to I do, if I, if, if I can just cherry pick for things yes. that I'm going to ask for, because I just got <laughs> 90% of what I wanted, but I feel like we need to keep asking for more shit now, is I, I, want the, I want the signing contracts to play a football game 30 years away from now to go away. I want that to end right now. The coach and the AD that signed those contracts and the president won't be alive when some of these games get played. Okay. They're going to be dead because these guys are 60 and 70 year old. All right. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. The stuff that shit. That's, I mean, if, if we're making more changes and whatnot, like, yes, I would, I mean, I'm almost okay. You got, you got five years or six years out. You can make a schedule and that's it. That's the list. I prefer that we do some kind of, so a, I mean, I've heard people talk about relegation, which won't happen, but could be a lot of fun if you if you hooked up with a sister conference or whatever and, and did that. Um, I like the idea of if we're moving to a playoff, you know, eventually they will expand it even more. And in doing so, what is the purpose of the bowl games? Make the bowl games for the beginning of the next season. So forget the reward thing. Like if, if we're going to move away from bowls, to where bowls don't matter, I'm good with moving them to the front of the season so that you have a non-conference game that is scheduled like in the spring. I'm totally fine with that as well. So that you don't have to, uh, and it's based on like what your record was the year before, right? Everybody plays basically a bowl game, and it's a beginning of the season game that would be you know be played in week zero, whatever. I would like that. You Let know? me tell you why that's a tough thing for fans. Eighty percent of people spend their summers going on vacation. 
the majority of the working class folk won't take another vacation until Christmas time. Uh, and that's and, the perfect and if, for- if you just got back from the beach and now your team is playing in the Boca Raton Bowl, you ain't going. Yeah, okay. that's true. You, you just you just not going. You're not going to the Holiday Bowl in, in San Diego if you just got back from the mountains. Like, that's just not happening because most people don't have that. But if you assume your team is going to go to a bowl game, you just plan your kind of Christmas vacation trip around a bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, and you don't a- know where it's going to be yet. I mean, it's Russian roulette of where the hell you're going to end up spending that weekend. But you know you love your team and you're going to go when you think they'll make a bowl game. You start making plans to just set aside funds for that kind of thing, yes. but yes. you've got time to do that. If you do that back-to-back, fan, fans will not show up for those things. I totally think you fair. will I think you will lose a lot of people because spring break happens in March or April, June and July, everybody's taking their family vacations, and then you're asking September, August, September, for them to take another vacation. It, it, I don't think the majority of fans are going to shell out that kind of money. Don't get me wrong, there are all kinds of holes to poke in that idea. But the the basic idea sounds like fun. I also That's don't mind the bowls. I don't know no, who don't people are bowls. that hate the bowls. I don't like the bowl system, and I don't want the bowls to have anything to do with my playoff. All right? Yeah. But I, but I don't, like, I've never been upset at the New Orleans Bowl. Like, Memphis made the New Orleans Bowl, like, several years ago, whatever, and my mom and stepdad went down. Like, that was an awesome time for them. I wish I could have gotten off work at that time and gone to New Orleans and partied and went to a Memphis game in the second weekend of December. Like, that would have been great. Yes. Like, no, I don't know who I'm, these I'm, people are that hate that. Yes, if it affects your championship, <laughs> oh, no, no. They got to go, absolutely. and those guys, I'll take out to the desert and bury them myself. I don't care. But all the like everyone hates like you know the the weed eater bowl and the gas bro like who cares? That's, hey, if These you're a football games. fan, you're going to watch around because yes. that is perfect, and that's that's one of the reasons why it will never go away. I need to flake ESPN, off of work for a couple of hours during yeah. that time and go find a sports bar and take a three hour lunch and watch a football game. Yes, ESPN needs the content; it'll continue on. So, but the idea of matching up a, a non conference game to start the season for teams that are similar, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that idea. But either way. Nah, uh, Michael, you know my opinion on that. I just yep. want – that's where I want the pay-for-wins to go. Uh, yeah, I want to get I want to get the pay-for-wins out of the conference, out of the schedule completely. And and if you're going to bring Kent State in, if you're going to bring your alma mater in, if we're going to bring McNeese State in or whatever and kick the shit out of them and pay them a million five, that's where I want my spring game. Or if you're going to do some weird uh, preseason game at the, you know, the middle of August or something, that's where I want that. I yes. don't want it to count towards your record. It doesn't need to matter at all. You They get the money. You get the fun. You get to sell some tickets, and that's that. Don't mix it in with my schedule. On on the SBR show, we've talked about that. I like the idea of that being the spring game. So yeah. give a little competition. It doesn't count on the record. Uh, the smaller schools get paid, et cetera. Michael said, uh, I agree with that for sure. If it's a 12-team playoff, the conferences can be left alone. Uh, Michael said, absolutely. I think the small businesses getting some advertisement is great. And Joseph jumped in on YouTube. He said, once we start getting upsets, we'll see how long this 12-team playoff will really last. Um, oh, I don't think they're going to go away. I do believe that once they open this can, they can't close this can. You are correct about that.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The College World Series is officially set. Uh, we have got four games on Saturday and Sunday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Stanford and NC State, Vandy and Arizona, Tennessee against Virginia, and Texas against Mississippi State. This is kind of an all-star lineup of college baseball teams, man. Like, this is this is a lot of fun. And the SEC getting three teams in. There's a couple of new blood in there that that's not that's not so big, Agreed. but but Agreed. year in and year out. But man, Mississippi State drawing Texas, that's a that's some hard cheese right there. Oh, it certainly is. Uh, Mississippi State lost the first game to Notre Dame. What nine to nothing or something? Wasn't that it? And then uh, no, it wasn't nine to nothing. They didn't get shut out. Though, but it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And then came back and uh, and won the last two games, right? Or do I have yeah. that twisted? Did State win the first one? Nope. Notre Dame won the second one, and then. Either way, either way, uh, Mississippi State punched their ticket on Monday evening. Virginia punched their ticket against Dallas Baptist, which... No, Mississippi State won 9-8 to eight the first game. That's what it was, 9-8 to eight the first game, and then Notre Dame won the second they game. They lost 9-1 to one the next game. That's what it was, 9-1 to one the second game. Okay, and then Mississippi State won the final game to head to uh, the College World Series. The most shocking thing about this, uh, this eight teams here is NC State. NC State That's right. wins at Arkansas, who had not lost a three-game series to anybody the whole since, year since March of 2019. Yeah, how crazy is that, man? Well, I mean, it's all right. That's one of those bullshit things because they had like half a season <laughs> last year. Agreed, agreed. And so they didn't really get into conference play last year, and so they played a bunch of nobodies before. Yeah, no, I'm not giving them that bullshit. They're a really good team. That Arkansas team was really really good they hit everybody they put points up against everybody it's the best offense i've ever seen in college baseball um and they couldn't hit the third day pitcher at uh you know for nc state yeah and and i'll tell you this i not a not a shot at stanford nc state got the easiest draw of this bracket uh yeah, I think so. And it's because Arkansas because they do it as a bracket, they don't reseed it. The bracket is set as soon as you go to the super final uh super regionals. 
And so Arkansas was supposed to get the quote unquote easiest draw if they make it in. If the underdog makes it in, they now have the easiest path. And they are one of the scariest teams because, dude, their bats have been on fire since yeah. uh, since no, they can they can hit like the end of April. I mean, I, to, I told really you we had off. two teams in the SEC that were that did something I had never seen before. We've talked about this in the past. Arkansas is the best offense I've ever seen, and Vanderbilt has two starters that are better than any two pitchers I've ever seen in college baseball. Yes. Yes, you are correct. I've never seen a one-two punch like this in college baseball at this level before. They, you drop them into the into the major leagues tomorrow, and they would be fifteen game winners in the big leagues. I yeah. think they're that good. I they're think, really, right. really impressive. Uh, my, One of those boys got drafted by my Red Sox. <laughs> I know you were so excited about. We that. need it's, some arms. Uh, College World Series is such an underrated event, says Michael Fritch. Uh, yep. He said, "I've been a few times and had such a great time." Up in uh, up in Omaha, uh, he said, "Hard to beat the sound of an aluminum bat." That is true. So, so I've never been. I want to go to Omaha. It's it's one of my one of my things that I want to do, um, pretty badly, uh, and, and I'm sure I'll do it at some point in time. Um, I love college baseball, even outside of going to Omaha. This tournament. I like better than the NCAA basketball tournament, but I like baseball better than I like basketball. And I follow this sport closer than I follow basketball. But if you took somebody who was a general sports fan and they didn't have any love or passion either way, but no hatred either way, they just like sports. All right. They like baseball and basketball equally. I believed if you gave them this tournament from start to the, the, the time regional start, conference champions, conference tournament start, and pick basketball and the time its conference tournament starts. I actually think this tournament's a better tournament. I really do. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I'm a fan. I think, of, I think ESPN I think does a bad job of, of the job of producing it, I guess. But, I mean, they, they, they do kind of a bad job of putting it on. No, they don't, like, they don't the promote it well. the, like for sure no they don't promote it at all and this is their product like they have the rights to it they should be promoting this thing but outside of not promoting it well like the announcers are doing it from home like they're not at the stadiums like nobody was at mississippi state to feel fifteen thousand people going crazy in that place like you get a different environment and you call the game differently when you feel the electricity or in arkansas where you know in the eighth inning or seventh inning, wherever it is, when the guy you're, you're you know, you got a tie game and they hit a one run bomb and it just sucks the air out of the place. Like you as an announcer feel that and experience that. You can't explain that on TV if you're sitting on your couch in your house. Now we we saw football do it this past year, uh, where they had several and now some of the bigger games, people were at the game, but a lot of the smaller conference games, uh, ESPN had them call it from from the studio from their house or from their house and it's you know have been it's been just not the in. same we're far yeah. enough past COVID right now and not that we're past COVID for good but we're far enough beyond this thing to where they could have gotten there like they could have put them they could have brought them in yeah there's yeah. only eight locations it's not like you've got a hundred locations that you're trying to spread out here oh you're no, going to eight different cities yeah you you could have done that and and they didn't but hopefully going forward uh they will like I'm hoping and they need to invest in better people to call these games. I watch all these games. I love this sport. 
it's pretty bad. Some of the, like all the color guys played college baseball and are mostly all former pros that played college baseball and didn't go the straight to the pros route. So they know more about what they're talking about, but the game has changed a lot. Almost zero of the analysts know what in the hell they're doing. They've never covered baseball before in their life, or they've never covered college baseball. So they don't know these kids. They don't know these coaches and they don't know these traditions. They're trying to, learn it on the fly as the tournament's going on and it shows that they're unprepared and they're not knowledgeable that's bad you own this property just hire a couple of young kids that that are good at this across the country you can find you know at the 8 or 10 podcast. or 12 kids that that are going through college to be journalist majors to do this and say you're going to follow the SEC. You're going to follow the ACC. You're going to follow the Pac-12. This is your job. This is your internship right here. And then let them call the game because they're going to, A, learn on the fly, but B, they're going to have passion and knowledge about this sport that these quote-unquote professionals just don't have. Yeah, well, because a lot of these uh, professionals – cover a lot of other sports as well they, like that's they right just, they're they trying to them. cover too many things those kids have cost you a, a bag of chips man yes uh ben jumped in he said who picked america's most boring city omaha nebraska is the place to do the college world series um i that that would be the ncaa but i, I think omaha's fine i think it's the perfect backdrop for this like Omaha has done a good job it, nebraska is like the one state that i like to shit on all the time because it's Oh, because Nebraska, the man, it's not just <laughs> it's not just because of this football. It it just doesn't make any sense why they're a place. But anyway, the people that live there, and I'm sure they're fine folks. Uh, it is weird that it somehow landed in Omaha, but Omaha puts it on really well. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Michael said you guys need to go. I'd also like to go to OKC and watch the women's tournament. Yeah, the softball tournament out in Oklahoma is uh, great. I would. I actually would like to go to Norman. Watching watching softball is really fun. It's shorter. It's a different game. Oh yes. It, there's a lot more action, um, and, and 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 it's shorter, so yes. you don't have to have the attention span. That is true. Uh, Michael, I, said, I like it. Michael said uh, Ben Omaha is a pretty cool city. Uh, and then Ben jumps back with the announcers suck. They pick the color commentators off the street, and all ESPN commentators sound the exact same in every sport. That's what we were talking about. They they recycle them. Yeah. You know that's that's the biggest issue. So uh, we'll uh, hey no before we before we get off that so uh, so your LSU Tigers got knocked out by Tennessee uh, two game yeah. sweep. Uh, Paul Maneri, I, I believe that's the name. Is that how is that how you say it? Yes, Paul Maneri. So legendary coach yes. retiring. That was retiring. his last game last season. They probably shouldn't have made it to this point. Um, getting out, I wanted them to get out of the regionals, and that's all I wanted. Yep. Well, then when they got to the super, I was like, "Well, it'd be nice to make one more." Like you always just want one more thing, right? Like, but but no, this is probably what should have happened. Tennessee's the better team. Tennessee's a really really good baseball team. Oh yes. Um, so. Something weird happened at this game. At the end of it, now they beat the hell out of LSU at the end of the game. All right, well, this game was out of hand, out of control, whatever. When the game finally ended, LSU wouldn't die, and it lasted forever. When it finally ended, like the announcer, not like the people calling the game, obviously in ESPN, but the uh, the the 
broadcast announcer at the game, like did a little thing for pulmonary and talked about how this is his last college baseball game. And he like step out and wave at everybody. And he like stepped out and kind of thanked the Tennessee fans. And I guess thank sec and LSU fans for showing up and all that stuff. And the Tennessee fans booed the hell out of him. And okay. I thought, so here's Man, the deal. That's pretty shitty. Okay, it definitely is. But uh, Maneri made some statements about Tennessee fans earlier in the season, and that's what that was about, right? So he he actually apologized before the super regional uh, about that, and it, I don't even remember exactly what. But he his said, statements but was, are not wrong. People are just like if yeah. if somebody criticized LSU fans for being too ruly, like unruly and 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 like crazy and belligerent or whatever, like at games i'm not going to be mad at you they are all right now it's over exaggerated it's become a trope now to to, to talk about oh i saw a three-year-old flipping me off and throwing a whiskey bottle in somebody's window like look been to baton rouge a lot of times i've never seen that before in my life i've never i've seen old miss fans i've seen state fans get stuck in the mud around their parking and i've seen lsu fans after games help pull them out like People are decent people. You're going to have people that get too drunk and act like assholes, but rarely is it any, they, they do drink more than everybody else, but I've never seen whiskey bottles thrown through suburbans. I, I hear all these stories. It's all bullshit. Everything Paul Minardi said about the fans of Tennessee is, is something he, he didn't, he didn't characterize them. He, talked about something that happened to LSU when we went to Tennessee and what the fans did. You can't get mad at that. That's that's just reporting the news, man. I agree. I agree. Uh, ben wants to know uh, who we're picking. Um, we we will talk about that on the Friday podcast. I mean, the games aren't until Saturday. I've, I've got no idea yet. Um, yeah. I, I mean... I could pick anybody and just be like, yeah, I think, yeah, so-and-so's got a chance. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I can tell you right now, I've watched this shit all year. I, I don't think anybody's beaten Vanderbilt. You, they, they've got two pitchers. You got to beat them twice. I don't see that happening. Um, you know, if I had to get a second pick, I, I, I would pick Tennessee. I do think they're the next best team. I, I really right do. Texas is damn good. I, I think Tennessee's better than them. At NC State, I mean, you talked about them having uh, having. No, NC State whatever, doesn't belong but, here. I, like, like, they, congratulations, they made it. Yeah, but if they win right a now. game, that's amazing. They're not going to win the tournament, Gary. Uh, maybe not, but uh, I've know, watched baseball for too long. Well, I also didn't think that they would beat Arkansas either, and uh, you never know. I mean, they, that's their right. Bats are that's hot right. right they now. had a series, but they also did something in that series, which is awesome that they haven't done all year. And they're just not going to be able to do it again. Like, can they beat Stanford? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they can beat Stanford. Could Stanford beat them? Absolutely. That's a coin flip series if there ever was one. But those two teams, I believe, are the two – in my opinion, they're the two worst teams out of the eight teams that made it. If I was going to seed them, I would seed them eight and nine – or eight and seven. I I am going to – uh, do a little more digging, and you know we'll probably talk a little more about it on the Friday pod. So, uh, let's move off of that. Let's talk about some NFL right quick. I do want to bring up uh, two guys that are currently sitting out of camp. Right. So right now we've got the the mandatory mini camps. It's a three day thing, whatever. But Jamal Adams is sitting out for the Seahawks. He wants a new contract, and cornerback Xavier Howard is sitting out for the Dolphins. But these two situations are completely different, right? Uh, Jamal Adams. Now, it, it, I do want to talk about the fact that the Seahawks traded away first-round picks and 
and all this kind of mess and didn't get a deal done with him. Um, he's going into his fifth-year option. So it's a contract. It's nine point whatever million dollars. But he's going into his fifth year. He wants a deal. Like, he wants to be extended, and he wants the money, right? So And I, I totally see that. That one makes sense. Xavier Howard, I don't really understand it. Um, and we'll talk about why uh, with this article. So CBS Sports uh, put up an article about the Dolphins All-Pro cornerback. So Xavier Howard had, had 10 interceptions last year. He loved the league. It's the first time anybody's had double-digit interceptions in a season since uh, Antonio Cromartie back in 2007. Uh, Brian Flores told reporters that it's pretty clear this is a contract situation. We've talked about it internally. That's what I believe it is. We have had discussions, and we'll continue to have those discussions. X is a unique situation. He was extended, and now we're talking about a renegotiation of an extension. We've had a lot of discussions about that. Very unique situation, talking about a potential renegotiation after one year. Those are longer conversations, and we understand that. So here's the deal. Xavier Howard inked a five-year, $76 million extension in 2019. Howard remains under contract with the Dolphins through 2024. Like, this is his second Pro Bowl nod. He led the league in interceptions. And now the former second-round pick wants a raise, even though he just signed a five-year, $76 million deal towards the end of the 2019 season. Yeah, he's played on that deal one year. I'm... We, we don't normally hear about renegotiations after a single season, especially when the contract is pretty good. I mean, five years, $76 million is all right. Now, he is the second highest paid cornerback on the team um, behind uh, Byron Jones. But, like, this is, this is crazy. Like, Byron Jones is, is guaranteed $14 million this coming season. Howard is getting $12 million. I still think that's a good deal. Like what? What is? It, what is it's he irrelevant for? of of any of that. Is is it worth it? Is it not? Whatever. He signed a deal. You got it. I don't. I don't begrudge these guys for holding out to try to get more money. If you're just gonna hold out after playing on your deal one year, why would I ever sign you to anything more than a one year deal? Yes. I mean, it's it's just so the the CBS thing says that uh, his agent has approached Miami about a new deal. And it says the Dolphins have been non-committal, and they're talking about uh, trying to force a trade from Miami if they don't get a new deal done. Like, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like, like, I don't like this stuff. This is the side. Look, I am, I am ninety percent of the time on the player side, but the last few years of, and, it, and, it, and it's not a player empowerment thing, and I don't think players should be able to pick and choose. You know what these contracts are when you sign them. Yes. And you know what these teams look like when you sign. You have to at least show some effort that you want to be a part of this, and you're going to uphold your side of the contract. Now, I damn sure think the teams and the owners should hold up, uphold more of their sides of it. All right? But this is crazy. Yes. One year, and we're just going to throw the whole contract away, and I want more money. What happens if you outplay that in one year? We're going to just throw it away, and I want more money. Like, I don't know what else to do. That's, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, yes, he had a monster season last year, right? Monster year. But if you are going to get a, a different contract for every season that you do really well, 
Are you going to give back money for the seasons that you don't do as well? That's right. I was about to say, if you have a down season this year, can they renegotiate? This is why, which you're never going to get the players to agree to this, but this is why I would give you a strong base salary with a shitload of incentives. Yes. And I don't even need those incentives to be like, you're the best at this and the best at that. The reason they do workout incentives and weigh-in incentives and things like that is because they just want effort. Like, you might not perform as well this year as you did last year, but if you show up and give me the same effort, then, then you get the same reward. Okay. Like it might not equal wins and losses to us as a team, but like, what if you become Nande Asimwa? Okay. I remember him out of the Raiders years and years and years ago. Okay. He was the best cornerback in football, but this was in the height of Revis Island. All right. And Revis had all of these accolades getting thrown on him because he had all these picks, all these turnovers, all these interceptions. And Nande had none. Nande went an entire season and less than 10 balls were thrown his direction. Yeah. Less than 10 in the NFL. He played in 16 games. All right. Nobody now, hey, the Raiders sucked. So why on earth would you throw that way when the guys on the other side are garbage? You just wouldn't. Nande Awesome was was a better corner, in my opinion, than Revis, but he didn't have the stats to show it. At the end of the day, you can't just give stats. What if they stop throwing your way? I still have to reward the effort. I still have to reward everything else about what you're doing, even though the numbers didn't result in what they what we thought they would you got to have incentive-based contracts. Yeah. You just do. You do. It's the only way to stop this. But with the incentives, I can make you the highest paid player in the NFL. Like if you do things that we've never seen done before in the league, then I just got to shell out a shitload of money to you. And that's okay because we'll be winning. That's right. And that's yeah. okay. Because, well, and not always, not always. Listen, we've had guys have freak, freak years in the past on shit teams. That happens. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's done it for uh, for the Panthers, you know, multiple times. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. Usually, they don't make the playoffs. He still puts up unbelievable record. So, so I'm okay with that. You can still get paid. I, I just don't know how else to do it. If you're just going to throw the contract away every you, uh, year, do you, have you, any, you do well. Do you have any issue with uh, Jamal Adams uh, sitting out? Because <sighs> I, I really don't. I mean, he for, he forced the trade, and then the team that traded for him didn't give him the new deal. Like, like – like hold out become a free my thing is this just do what you have to do to become a free agent yeah okay? like I can and then once you become out. a free agent then nobody can tell you boo you can go yeah. anywhere you want to go sit, sit out mini camp try and get this deal done try and force their hand a little bit that's i'm totally fine with that but at none of this sitting out the season or whatever like it yes you've only got one year left but and like go out, play, and become a free agent, and then go and see what the market says. Well, I want to tell you what I'd really like. I, I and I know the, the problem with just becoming a free agent is well, they can franchise tag you, but outside of one quarterback one time, nobody's ever been franchised twice. Um, I, I kind of wish the league could, and they'll never do it. The owners will never give it up. But I do wish they'd get rid of the franchise tag. That would fix ninety percent of these problems because then all these players that get stuck on bullshit teams. And then cry about it later. You sign that deal, man. Once your rookie deal is up, if you sign the extension, bro, that's on you. Yep. Yep. That's I like mean, that's nobody put a gun to your head and made you do it. You could have became a free agent. You could have got the hell out of here. I mean, it, well, Xavier Howard like was he was he set was up yeah. to be a free agent and and he signed a pretty big extension. I mean, five million or five years, seventy six million. 
is not that's a lot of money yeah. for db yes that is not something to just scoff at. Like yeah. that's yeah. he. Stephon he Gilbert right now in the New England Patriots is holding out because Stephon Gilbert's making seven million dollars a year this year. Yeah, well, and he's like, got he's got one year left on his deal. That's right. And he's got one year left on his deal, and it's seven million dollars. He would like a lot more money, yeah. or he'd like to be traded to a team that'll pay him a lot more money. Well, and, and Gilmore has been has been talked about a lot in in trades and whatnot because you know the Patriots are not going to pay him. Yeah. Um, well, they might. You know, no, no, they, no they listen. I, like, Bill, they, Bill they, has paid a lot of people. Bill, they, they, they might pay him. They've kind of made it known that they don't want to pay him for what it's going to cost to keep him, right? So that's, I don't. That's well, why, we just don't know what that number is. Yeah, and so. that's, that's the thing. None of us knows. Uh, Matt said, "Didn't Larry Brown or whoever uh, do that with the Cowboys and got banked from the Raiders and then never did anything?" Well, I mean, uh, uh, Albert Hainsworth did it too. Well, the, the the Raiders the Raiders have overpaid. The two teams that religiously overpaid people were the Raiders and and the and the Washington Football Team. You are correct about that. They've signed they've signed free agent after free agent years past, and what they learn is is these guys are products of systems. They're product of and not that the players aren't great themselves, but if your coaches aren't going to use them the exact same way the other coaches use them, then they're not going to perform the exact same way they performed. They moved Albert Hainsworth in and then changed the defense completely. Yeah, they went from either a three four to a four three or vice versa, whatever. But it's just like. He put up those numbers doing that in a certain style of defense. You can't go get him and then expect him to change his game. That's not that's not smart. Yeah. No, and, and on top of that, he uh Matt said Haynes uh Hainsworth just never studied for his conditioning test. <laughs> oh God almighty. Yeah, no, it, it, the Patriots do this all the time, right? Like they know exactly how to utilize how to get the best out of their players doing certain things. They don't ask them to do things that they can't do, and sure. then they go to other teams. And the teams expect them to be able to do everything, rather than they just got they just got an offensive lineman back because he left them in free agency and became the highest paid offensive lineman in football for like two years with the Raiders. Then the Raiders cut him and ate a bunch of dead money because he wasn't very good with them, and the Patriots got him for a sandwich. Yep, and it's because he knew I'm not great without you, and you're not great without me, and it's a good relationship, and there's a value to that. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, let's close out today's show. I have a story that I want to tell you about. All right. You have not heard this. I didn't tell you about it beforehand. Um, but with what you and I have talked about in the past, I felt like this was a very fitting story. A businessman purchased a municipal building underneath the city of Brooksville, Florida's water tower last April for $55,000 with the goal of converting it into a gym. However... When Bobby Reed went to the county to get an address for his new business location, he was told the parcel he bought included the entire water tower site, according to the Tampa Bay Times. This town is about 60 miles north of Tampa. The, the small town in Florida sold their water tower. They sold their water supply in a blundered real estate transaction. I thought you would get a kick out of this. Now, luckily for the town... Reed was willing to give it back to him. He knew it was a mistake. But I'm going to bet Reed got some incentives to get it back to him. More, more than likely. Uh, county records show he transferred the water tower back to Brooksville through a warranty deed last month. The town of 8,500 residents is located 50 miles north of Tampa. So 50 miles north There's of zero chance this guy gets audited or harassed by the, the local police department ever. Yes. Ever. I agree. Uh, Blake Bell, city council member, said, I don't know where the blame falls here. We're council members, and we rely on the city manager we assume that he has done his due diligence. 
City manager Mark Cutney blamed the use of a bad legal description for what happened. The city's redevelopment agency director resigned after the accidental sale. Uh, Cutney said, we're human, sometimes we make a mistake. Could you imagine selling a town's water supply? Like the, This the guy's a little water. nicer than me. I don't know that I'd have given it back. That's... <laughs> I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would. But that's smart business. If all of a sudden you own it. Listen, <laughs> bank air has never affected me or helped me in my life, right? It's always an error where they take money from me and not accidentally yes. deposit a couple hundred grand in my account. Okay. So I, I think I would take my take my shot with trying to keep the water tower. Yeah. Or, or try and sell it to somebody else. If the city didn't want to pay you for it, okay, you know, I'd make a... Like, we'll, we'll get Tampa to buy this thing, and then you can get your water from Tampa and pay a charge for it, right? Like, <laughs> Hell, you can just pay me. Yes. You owe me. I just got there and turn it off. Be like, well, <laughs> you I'm just going to hold payment. it ransom once a month. <laughs> Y'all just put a lot. Of, look, I'm not even giving you a number, okay? I just need a duffel bag at the end of my drive, and I'll walk out there and turn it on. There okay? you go. And as long as the first of every month, there's a duffel bag with whatever you think is fair and then if i ever deem it not fair i just walk out there and turn it off be like I'll just walk out and turn off the, uh, the double bag <laughs> this is one of those blind auction things where like uh, would if we paid him a thousand dollars would he be happy or a hundred thousand or a million like you don't know how i'm feeling that week have you seen some of these uh college football media guys talk about the blind auction for uh for overtime like no. whoever whoever would take the ball, like instead of doing coin tosses, instead of doing uh, starting at the twenty five or whatever, like whoever would get, uh, whoever would take the ball furthest away from the goal line. That's right. I, okay, I have heard about this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I actually like this idea. I I like this idea a lot. I think if the NFL ever gets rid of of their thing, instead of doing a coin flip, they should do the exact same thing. Oh, most certainly, most certainly, they should do the exact same thing. You know, and, you know and I have no is? idea what you do if both teams choose to take the ball from the own one yard line. Well, then you go back to the blind auction. Like you. Just no, I'm saying back. if both. So if you've got oh from their own one yard line, yeah, from their own one yard line. That's what I'm saying. What do you do if it's a tie? Basically, that's. I think you there's so many. But if they all, if both of them say I'm willing to go 99 yards, what do you do then? Because you're not doing inches. You're not breaking it down like no. that. It's yard lines. So. I if you've got Patrick to, Mahomes and you've got Tom Brady, you're the Patriots it, 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 back in the day when that offense was unbelievable, you're, you're, you're the Chiefs, and, and this is an AFC title game. What do you do if both of them say it's too important for us to get the ball? Everybody score on every possession. We both just blindly write one-yard line. Like, what do you do? I think at that point you have to flip a, a coin, right? Yeah. So that's, We're, that's bo we're both willing to go 100 yards. That's, that's but if you flip the coin, then where do you put the ball? Oh God! <laughs> because now we're flipping a coin. I guess the fifty. I guess, or no, I guess it would be. Oh the no, one. hell no! No, it have to be. Hell the, no! To you were gonna, one. you were gonna play it from the one. Yeah, you. It would have to be the one. No, your ass has to go from the one. I like it. I like it. But yes, Brooksville, that's a coin Florida. Flip you want to lose right there? <laughs> Brooksville, Florida sold their water tower to a Man. random dude. I hope this guy. I hope. I hope Goodwill has helps him. I hope his gym is like the most successful gym in the country. I mean, you can't buy a better promotion. I mean, no. I guess thing, you can't. This thing is everywhere. It's all over the Associated Press and everything. So, well, yeah, yeah, but all those people don't live in his town. 
But true, but like, like it's not like he sells something on the internet and so overnight he can become a gazillionaire because everybody saw what he did and wants to help him. The small town of Brooksville has to get off their ass and go get a gym membership. Yeah. Oh, but there's only eighty five hundred people in the town. So All right. So that's not a that's not a lot of money. This guy's I, I don't know I don't know what he can do to profit off of this, but hey, if he can get half of them, like I think that'd be pretty good. <laughs> Brooksville, take care of your boy. That's all we're yeah, saying. That's right. That's all we're saying. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. You, uh, you got anything else you want to hit? No, I'm, I, I was looking. I can't see anything else. Yeah, I don't. I don't see anything that's broken. Um, let's see. I, I pull up ESPN one last time. Just check. Uh, James Harden. You know, hopeful for a returning game five. Yeah, whatever. Um, nah. I mean, nothing. Nothing major going on. All right. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you to everybody that jumped in on the chat, Ben. And uh, and Michael and Matt and uh, let's see who who else was there. It wasn't Jose. Joseph. Joseph was in. Uh, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Every Tuesday, you can be a part of the show as well. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, of course, to uh, the YouTube show, the Twitch show. All of these show up on Tuesday, and then we've got the Monday and Friday podcast, and the Tuesday show becomes the Wednesday podcast. So go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Our college football show comes out every Wednesday, so go and check that thing out. You can find it on YouTube. Search out SBR Picks. Uh, like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show out. Tell your friends all that good stuff. And take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.